Welcome back to the Teen Catalyst Podcast, helping teens fulfill their God-given potential and create a life and career they love. You know, if you've listened to me for any amount of time, how I have railed on the educational system. I do not believe the educational system that we have set up today in America is designed to best suit the needs for most of the people that go through it. It's great for some, but not all. Well, not great for all, but for the few who do need to go on to college, who do need to go on to further their education, they often end up hundreds of thousands of dollars into debt for something that may or may not help them. Well, today I'm talking with somebody who helps teens, helps parents develop a pathway for their kids to get through college debt-free. You say, what? Ken, I can go to college without any debt, without having previously saved up hundreds of thousands of dollars? That's exactly right. And we're going to get into some things today that I don't fully understand, but Tanya is somebody who has gone through this herself, who dove into these things because she wanted to help send her own daughter to college. And so as she learned the concepts that we're going to talk about today, she understood how it could help parents create a college fund that doesn't get stuck only being used for college, like the, uh, I'm not even sure what the college savings plan is called, I'm not going to go into it anymore here. We're going to talk about it once Tanya comes on the show. I hope you guys really enjoy it. Definitely go follow her. Give this a like. Give it a thumbs up. Share it with everybody you know who is going to college or considering going to college or has kids that they think might go to college. If you've got a friend who's going to college or is thinking about it, They need to hear this episode and reach out to Tanya for a little bit of guidance in this area. She can help them. I guarantee it. Let's get on to the main topic of the show. Hey guys, today we're talking with Tanya Camacho about secrets the wealthy teach their kids, how to access a 0% tax bracket and create true generational wealth. Tanya, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, talk a little about your background and how you came to be in the position you're at today, helping teens go to college. Yeah, um, and thank you for having me. Great to be here. Um, So you can tell by the accent that I'm actually, I live in Southern California, but I'm actually Australian. And so when I moved out here with my teenage daughter to to join my American husband um, some sort of five years ago, the college system was just so entirely different to what it is in Australia. And um, as a former investigative news journalist, you know, I like to do my research and find out what's really going on. And during COVID, I actually decided to pivot with what I was doing as a former investigative news journalist and start helping families with their uh, financial situation. And in doing so, I was able to help my own daughter get into college debt free. And I've got to tell you, like, as a parent um, of any child who 
wants to go to college. It's absolutely terrifying. Like it's so expensive here in America. And you hear all these nightmare stories when I often sit down with um, with families in their 50s who are still paying off a college debt from one of the parents. So I wanted to try and avoid that and um, just recently ran that gauntlet in November last year where my daughter, you know, um, qualified for full funding and is going to college completely wow. debt-free. I wanted to share that. Yeah, Probably. that's amazing. That's awesome. So how did you, like, how do you go about selecting the right college? You know, you kind of go through the process of of getting those scholarships and the funding. How do you go about selecting the right college yeah. to help maximize that potential? I know. I mean, there's like uh, like 3,000, 4,000 something universities, colleges here uh, in America. So how do you know which one? So um, a great first step that you can do is if you know what kind of occupation that you want to have, um, you can go and find people working in that space on LinkedIn, have a look at which colleges they went to, kind of trace their uh, you know, their their career history, their educational history, and then go and check out those colleges, have a look and see if those programs are still available, have a look to see if some of the alumni are still getting jobs in that area because you want people who've recently graduated. But the big one there too is have a look at how generous the college is. So there's a couple of ways that you can do that. You can work with, you know, uh, your college counsellor, your child's college counsellor at school. You can work with a private college counsellor, which is what my daughter and I uh, do work with and then typically when you are working with a private college counselor they have um, access to people like myself who are you know experts in the financial industry who can help with this but then on top of that say you don't have access to that they actually have a lot of this information on the college's website so you can see how generous they are how much how many grants or scholarships they typically give so then you can start to work out well if this is the school that I'd like to go to how generous are they because there's sort of nothing worse than your child getting into a college that you just can't afford. They're super pumped. And now you're like, I'm sorry you can't go because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't afford it, right? So, exactly. And then the cool thing is like um, um, our daughter, Olivia, she actually, she's got an offer. She's got an offer from several colleges and her number one college is very expensive. And those offers don't actually come out in March. Now, it's a private college, but it's very generous as well as it being very expensive so because we know that that it is very generous she's still got her hopes on there but I did say to her sweetheart it's going to have to be a pretty good offer because you've already got you know a free ride somewhere else so go and find the occupation that you want on LinkedIn I think is a great way to reverse engineer how to start narrowing those colleges for those programs and then checking out just how generous they are yeah so something that I like to do with teens is to kind of walk them through figuring out what their what occupation they want to get into. I've I've never worked with teens on actually the going through the steps to to get a free ride to college like you do. Do you have a process for taking teens through actually figuring out what kind of career they'd be best suited for or might actually enjoy? How where do you go with that aspect of it? Yeah, it's a great question. And I look after the financial side of things. Okay. So in terms of, yeah, helping them choose that career, uh, um, no. I mean, I've walked through it as a mom and I right, see right. the pain that everybody has. So I help with the financial aspect. But, um, you know, the 
are some amazing companies out there that do help with that. And no, like no kickback for me. I can honestly plug um, Shelly uh, uh, Howard from College Ready. She is someone that will actually walk through and help your child pin that down because that's a long process, right? And I know that when mm-hmm. my daughter first started going through this, you know, her idea of what she wanted to do from her sophomore year to her junior year probably changed about four or five times. Um, so that is a huge part of it. But of course, you know, sometimes when they're thinking about like a dual degree, which was something that um, Olivia was looking at, you can be looking at colleges that do offer that as well. So that if they are, you know, kind of not sure about they, what they want to do, that you're going to have a little bit of flexibility there. But, you know, it'd be interesting to hear what all the college experts think, because my sort of thinking is, if you don't know what you're going to get, do, I think you should go to a community college for a couple of years, <laughs> get those course subjects done. Yeah. And then you can transfer across. Yep. Have you found that you actually answered my next question, which was if you if you have any resources people can go to and you mentioned that one. So that's that's great. But have you found that in state versus out of state, you have more access to to funding and things like that? Or what route should teens go looking at different colleges for that? Yeah, it's very interesting. So quite often when you'll have a look at going out of state, it looks like it can be that you'll get more funding, that you could get more assistance, but when you crunch the numbers and you put in the cost of board, um, that can really blow it out. So I know that for us as a family, when we were having a look at that, we got all kinds of offers to go to different states, different um, colleges in different states. And the first year, it can be very, very generous and basically a free ride. But then in the second year, now that your child has fallen in love with the college and they're doing really well, then the generosity can drop. So really having a look at how long that college is going to be generous for, how long that generosity goes on for, and then what are all the extra costs on top of that? So for us, um, it ended up being it might have cost a little bit more to go to the college here in California where we are, but it actually worked out as cheaper when everything else was factored in. So some really important considerations there. But also have a look at during COVID, right? There are a lot of kids away from college, away from home, COVID hit, and, you know, a lot of people were stuck. Um, There are a lot of issues with mental health and all those sorts of things. So, you know, I know for us as a family, that was a consideration. No one could have predicted a pandemic was going to come. We still live in very uncertain times, um, you know, with what's going on in the world. So I think that's also some considerations too. And then another really important one that I want to share um, is that, you know, wherever your child does go to college, so if you're looking at your child going somewhere out of state, um, have that realisation or awareness that they may stay there because a lot of colleges have a very strong alumni. Mm. And when you graduate and you're part of that alumni, you can basically never be out of work again because of the power of that alumni. So for me, you know, I brought my daughter all the way from Australia and if she went over to Washington, you know, is she going to stay there once she graduates? You know, is she going to want to utilize that alumni is she going to you know fall in love at college you want to get married you know so any mums you might have not quite ready to let their kids um roost completely but I mean they are some important considerations a lot of people don't think about that 
But where your child does go to college, you do want them to have the power of that alumni, you know, and that can be a really big drawing card. So that's another consideration. Yeah, I, I was I never went to college myself. I actually was a high school dropout who went on to start my own business because I prefer hands-on work. <laughs> but um you you mentioned the alumni being a big drawing part of the college aspect of it. Depending on what career teens might be going into, would would that be one of their bigger considerations is the the benefits of of the alumni absolutely yeah um looking at the power of that alumni is extremely important having a look at where they um where their professors have worked where some of their graduates have worked or are working and then the strength of that alumni that's a huge consideration and a lot of students when it comes down to different universities and you know like if it's very very close the the college with that stronger alumni and can often mm. win then there's sometimes depending on what you know program your child is going into that might not it might not as be as big a consideration as another type of industry but it certainly is something to factor in in making that decision when you're doing that research right you know i mean going to college can be as much if not more than a mortgage so you know a lot of kids just oh my friend's going here i want to go here not really understanding how generous that college is with grants you know, um, what kind of jobs does the graduates do get, the likelihood, the average income of some of those graduates. So these are all really important things that we can do. You know, like I tasked um, our daughter with a lot of that research, but I also did it with her. So, you know, she's still only 17 turning 18. We wouldn't let our kids necessarily go and buy a car without parental help to make sure that it's safe and so forth and so forth. But why do we kind of just go, oh, college, that's a nightmare. You kind of tell me, you know what I mean? It's an even bigger debt. So for me, it was very much charging here with the responsibility of doing that research, but checking that research. (laughs) So when she started doing her LinkedIn reverse engineering, I got her to go and cast the net, got her to make a list um, of the different people that she'd looked at with the hyperlink so I could then go go and double check her work, give her that autonomy but also be involved with her so she didn't feel like she was on the on her own because it's a it's a huge decision. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a really interesting process re-engineering or reverse engineering it through LinkedIn like that. I've never heard somebody take that approach and super interesting. You mentioned in your notes here the the FASFA. Um talk to us about what that is, the FASFA. Talk, tell us yeah. what that is and, and how you can utilize that in going you know yeah through college and and some of the funding you can get through that yeah so FASFA is free financial aid and whether you think you're going to qualify or not literally every household should be applying for this so FASFA Mm -hmm. is free money okay so there's all kinds of um, asset tests that they do put you through to see how many assets you do have um, to see how much you qualify for and also based on how your child is performing you know are they performing um, academically are they quite scholastic you know when we have a look at those two things coming together how how diligent have they been at school um, what kind of assets 
do you or don't you have, then we can have a look at the um, trying to get the maximum in FAFSA funding. And a lot of parents think, oh, I'm not going to apply for FAFSA. I earn too much. But you'd be very surprised. There are some, you know, children of celebrities and, you know, wealthy, not talking about the scandals from a couple of years ago, but there are legitimate, you know, ways to structure and minimise your assets Mm. so that you can qualify for um, the maximum amount of funding. And what's really interesting to point out, um, and I did my own research into this, not only when I became a licensed financial professional, but I was just interested in this. And that's those college savings plans, those 529 college savings plans. Now, nothing, I'm not against them. That's certainly something that I um, help families with. But something to be in mind with the college savings plans is that so, for instance, for anyone who's not aware of what those are, it's like typically a savings account that you'll start when, you know, your child is is, is quite young mm-hmm. and then you're putting money away. And, you know, depending on the portfolio of that FASFA, you know, it typically mirrors the highs and lows of the stock market. And over time, you can get some really great growth, right? So great, kind of a no-brainer if you think I'm going to send my kids to college. But what a lot of parents don't realise is whatever money is in that 529 collection, a savings account actually counts as an asset and that asset can be used against you and reduce your amount of funding. So um, my daughter, mm. we opted being aware of that. We opted not to go that route. We go, gotcha. we went another route so that, you know, any savings or, you know, assets were structured in a different way. So we could maximize the amount of funding that she got. The other thing to be considerate of too with a college savings plan is making sure that child goes to that college because that money in that uh, college savings plan grows tax-free if that money is used for that child to go to a qualified college. Now, with so many kids becoming entrepreneurs, what are you going to do if they decide not to go to college? (laughs) So it's thinking about, you know, how can I – maximize the amount of federal aid my my child can receive and how can I also maximize you know the use of that money to set them up whether they do or don't decide to go to universities there's lots of different products out there on that market that can um, increase the growth of that cash be used for college as well as you know for other things to set your child up as well while minimizing your assets for maximum funding. Boring yeah, so, money talk, huh? but exciting money talk at the same time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what if if somebody, you know, listen, hears that and decides, you know, my kid's young and they're five years old. I want to start some kind of a savings plan for if they want to go to college, but I don't want to tie that money up in a 529. What are some alternative routes from that? Yeah, great question. A really... You know, I try not to get into too much product talk. Um, You know, it's very much about what a family's individual situation is. But what's very popular at the moment, and this is something that we actually did for all four of our girls, so my husband and I together have four girls, and that is that we did what Walt Disney did. So we used what's called a Cali, a cash accumulation life insurance policy. And people are like, why would I want to take a life insurance policy out on my five-year-old. Well, that's because the this Cali that it's called, this kind of industry lingo, was created by the wealthy for the wealthy. And because it's attached to a life insurance policy, 
while that policy stays open, and it is a lifetime policy, the cash that you put in that grows tax-free, this is how you get in the 0% tax bracket that we promised to talk about, you can take 90% of that cash out. So Walt Disney, when he wanted to build Disneyland, he couldn't get a loan from the banks. And so he used the cash stacked inside his life insurance policy to make that dream come true. JCPenney, Ray Kroc, and literally hundreds and thousands of entrepreneurs have done the same thing. So it is a growth vehicle, right? It's not like I'm going to put my money in and take it out next month. You do want to grow it over time to get the benefit of the compound, you know, interest, that compound growth. But the beautiful thing about it is say, and we're reverse engineering these for parents at the moment to like some of the times they'll say to me, okay, I want 45,000 in there by the time my child is 24. Um, Or I want 27,000 in there by the time my child is 27. And that money is typically for, it might be for a mission work. It might be for a down payment on a house. It might be some money towards college. It might be all money towards college because whatever money is in that life insurance policy is actually not counted as part of your FAFSA assets, right? Yeah, money in the college savings plan, they go, oh, you've got 50,000 in there. So we're going to, you know, add that to your assets and reduce the amount we're going to give you. Oh, you don't have a college savings plan. Okay. If you've got money in the bank, okay, we're going to count that. Oh, you got money in a life insurance policy? No, we don't count that. Hmm. Wow. You guys can, like, when I found this out, honestly, I was like, that cannot be true. Like, that, is, <laughs> that yeah, cannot mind blown. <laughs> Yeah. And it's true. And then not only is it true from doing my own research, but I have to tell you, because I used to be a journalist, I was still a little bit cynical, right? Mm-hmm. Even though that was. Even though I had to know about it for licensing and that kind of thing, I still was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to put this to the ultimate test. And I ran through this FASPA gauntlet just in November of last year. You can apply online. Yeah. And I was like kind of holding my breath. I'm like, all right, I'm going to see, I'm going to see, I'm going to see. And then boom, um, as uh, um, money in accounts not including life insurance. And I was like, wow. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Is, is that what some people refer to as the infinite banking concept? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. I've I've heard of I've heard of that. So that's that's super yeah. interesting. Actually, I just talked to somebody two weeks ago who, I guess, sets up those life insurance policies, and I got picked up a couple of books from them to learn about that. So that's really interesting that you can use that to yeah, and quite- borrow against it f- to fund your kids' college. That's Absolutely. that's a super interesting way to do that. Absolutely, and and then if they don't want to go to college, that money is, can be used for anything. You're not going to be penalized. You're going to be hit with any kind of nasty tax surprises. And a, a really great book for anyone who wants to read up more on this. Um, is the financial pocket knife. Um, that's what the book's called, the financial pocket knife. And there's a really great video on YouTube about it. It will literally blow your mind. And I'll have to look that up. Yeah, mums and dads listening, when you read that book, you're going to get so irate that you didn't know about this many years ago. But, you know, uh, now is better than never. That's great. So what's some of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome, you know, helping other teens figure out their college route and, and, you know, the funding and all that. What's some of the biggest challenges that you've come across within that? Yeah, just, you know, just generally in terms of challenges with that whole college workload kind of, is that what you mean? Yes. Is like figuring out, you know, once they get some of the funding in place and just making the final decision on that college, what's, 
some of the setbacks that teens experience coming through that maybe yeah. more from the teen side than the parents who are funding it. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, from a teen's perspective, um, you know, firstly, there's that question, there's that waiting period. Am I going to get the college offer that they want to get? Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes there's also this kind of, well, I didn't get it. So what now? And, you know, there's rolling enrollment. So there's colleges that put you on waiting lists. There's colleges where you can enroll, you know, um, throughout the year, not just at specific times. And then, of course, there's being able to go to community college if you if you didn't get that college offer. Um, but I think also, you know, um, uh, being aware that you know there's many different ways that you can get into college, and and not having not placing all of that expectation just on that one offer. But when you do get that offer, also understanding playing them against each other, okay? A lot of parents don't realize that. And that's where, you know, a college expert can come in um, and and help you navigate with that because you can actually, if you get an offer from one college and you don't necessarily get an offer from another college, you can use that and then go and start negotiation, okay? Now, because of COVID, a lot of colleges weren't worrying about the test scores, um, but if you do test Test well for your if your child is 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 someone who does perform well under test conditions, and you were to go and sit um, um, the uh, the ACTs or you know SATs, and there's another round um, around about now, in fact. And so if your child is to go and sit it and do a, something called a super score where they can take one score from one um, ACTs, you know, like in English and take the top score from their math, they perform really well. That gives you a reason to go back to the college and say, hey, you didn't offer me a place before, but I just got this new test score. I'd like right. you to reconsider me. So I think a lot of students are very quick to give up when in fact so much more can be done and it's certainly not over if they don't get that, you know, that offer from the first time in the first round. The other thing to think about too is if you are a parent that has gone through a big change in, say, income, say you were looking great when your child was applying and now maybe you've lost your job or your hours have been cut back or whatever, and you've suffered a sickness or some kind of income loss in your household, this is another excuse and reason for you to be able to go and restart dialogue with that college. You want to get back in front of them. So any change in income, any change positive in your child's grades is, you know, an offer or so forth is another reason to go back and start that dialogue. So don't give up would be my number one tip. A lot of people quit too early. Yeah. What along with that, you know, coming back with better grades and some of those things, what's something that teens could do to increase their chances of getting into the college of their choice? Mm, great question. Um, it, it, you know, it's really interesting too. Uh, in Australia, we have this very laid back kind of she'll be right attitude and that's legitimate, right? That is legitimate. And so um, my daughter in, in Australia was, you know, solid student, but pretty chillax. And then she came to America where it's deeply competitive and, and success <laughs> is revered. And then, which was a really great thing because it made her, you know, want to do more and be more and lift her grades as well so she could get good grades to be considered for college. 
And so having a look at what is the workload that your child has. So colleges, yes, they like good grades, but they also want to see that your child can cope with a vigorous workload. Mm. So having, yeah, having AP subjects um, and being able to get into AP subjects as early as possible in school, okay, so you know, um, doing first-year college subjects in 11th grade and 12th grade, not only will that lift your child's uh, uh, GPA because college subjects, first-year college subjects are weighted more heavily, but, you know, should your child um, sit the AP exam and get more than a three, they'll now have a college credit. So they can also reduce the amount of time that they're at college and also reduce any expenses. So having a look at college subjects to increase that workload, and and sometimes the college prefers more that your child can cope with a rigorous workload than being a straight-A student because Bs in AP subjects in in 11th grade that 11th grader is doing first-year college subjects and getting Bs. Yeah. And the school actually weights them as an A with the GPA. So having a vigorous workload, having some external activities. Um, it used to be very much the colleges were looking for, you know, very niched, whereas now like all-rounders. So having a look at getting involved in the community, having a look at what leadership projects that you can get involved in and really showing, you know, how you stand out um, so that you can be seen and heard um, above the noise. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's really good to hear that, you know, you can do some things to increase those chances of getting into the college of your choice because I know I've talked to a lot of teens who, think they have no hope of, you know, getting the college that they want. And so they, you know, they'll apply to a few of them and then just be happy with the little college on the side that it was kind of a backup to the backup plan. So it's good to hear that there are things you can do to get a better college that you want. Go back to the infinite banking concept or becoming your own bank. How do you... How do you go about starting that or where should someone start if they're interested in, in getting into that so they can actually fund the things they want to do in life? Yeah, I love that question. Um, you know, the first, this is the, the products that fall into this infinite banking, this this 0% tax bracket. And, and, and to explain it, because, you know, as I said, when I first heard about it, I thought there's no way that that's true, right? There's just no way. So, you know, there's no legal way of never paying tax. And, and I, for one, am very happy to, to, to earn an income and pay everything that I'm, you know, required to pay. But anything over and above that, I obviously want to keep for my family, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you, you know, if you have a look at like 401ks and traditional retirement funds, you know, you're putting the money in there um, pre-tax, right? It's tax right. deferred. So when you go to take it out in 5, 10, 15, 30 years, the question becomes, when I go to take that money out, the tax is going to be higher or lower. Like what's the likelihood, right? Right. And my money (laughs) is going to be higher, right? And I just planted these beautiful seeds to grow this beautiful, you know, crop and I want to go and harvest it. And now Uncle Sam says, all right, well, I want, say, 30% of that harvest. So now Mm -hmm. my beautiful, you know, roses or whatever have just been demolished. Right. But the way that this infinite banking works, the way how you become your own banker tied in with this, um, you know, cash accumulation life insurance policy 
is you're redirecting money from, say, your savings account or checkings account. So that money has already gone through and paid tax, right? So there's a paper trail on paper. That money's been counted. You'll have to pay tax on that. So there's no way to tax us legally tax us twice, right? So we divert that money that's already been taxed over here into these, you know, different products. And now we've planted these seeds already being taxed. We grow this beautiful harvest, this beautiful farm. We got to harvest it. It's all ours. We're not going to get hit with that. Now there's certain um, there's certain rules that have to be structured a certain way. Um, you know, depending on how much you want to put away, depends on how much, how that portion is of how that product is set up. But speaking to, you know, a licensed financial professional, you know, who works with these sorts of products on a daily basis, because I can tell you a lot of accountants don't know about these as well, which is also why we work with a lot of accountants to help their clients structure these up. So really sitting down with a professional, you know, who understands what's involved with these Um, what size one you would want, um, and then how to get one. Gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting. Where can somebody go to sign up? Should they contact you or do you have a website to get involved in that? Yeah, for sure. So um, uh, I I was like, oh, I wonder if he's going to have this for me. I, I'm just going to grab the uh, the ad, the address for you. Oh, here we go. Um, guys, you can go to um, certainly my website, but an easiest way just to come through, um, come sit down with me with, uh, via Zoom. Um, I might not be able to meet with everybody, so I do have um, an application page just so I can get to know you a little bit. So please do show me with that why. It's so important that we sit down. Let me know if you've got kids going to college in particular. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but head to um, tanyatargetcamacho.com forward slash book uh, and you can see that you can come sit down with me. You can, so that's tanyatargetcamacho.com uh, forward slash book. Um, we'll drop that link in the show notes okay, too. That'd be great. Thanks, Ken. Um, and then also, you know, um, we have a website too, so come check us out, um, Sparta Financial Partners. Uh, dot com. So you can come check us out there. You can send us an email from that page too. Be very happy to have a look at where you are. You know, uh, when I was a journalist and, you know, I even worked in PR, um, I was able to earn a very good reputation in that, you know, if I think I can help you, I'll let you know. If I don't think I can help you, I'll also let you know. Um, so please do know that anyone, you know, who comes to you, if I can help you or introduce you to someone that can help you, uh, be my total pleasure. Because, you know, there's these secrets that the wealthy have. This is how they create generational wealth, mm-hmm. right? And no one's talking about this. And they pass these secrets to their kids. You pass these to their secrets. And that's how you get these amazing uh, dynasties and legacies. And there's no reason that regardless of where you are right now, that you can't get into um, that 0% tax bracket as well. And you can start to fund your own dreams and take care of your children's dreams as well. What does it feel like to you when you when you open somebody's eyes to that concept and help them to get started in creating that generational wealth? Yeah, it's um it's really interesting because, you know, I, and I was explaining this talking about this to my husband. I've over the I've been self-employed for many years and I can honestly say in the 19 years that I've been an entrepreneur I could prior to coming into the financial services industry I could have counted on one hand the amount of times someone's come to me and said that what I'd shared with them had changed their life and since joining the financial services industry about 12 months ago when I decided to become a licensed financial professional after my training and so forth I have had three times that in just that short period of time. 
where very, in particular, very strong um, males in the family, dads, will come and sit with me after I've helped structure things for their children and themselves, and they'll have tears in their eyes. And it feels so good. And also, I have to say, also, I still get angry, right, that not enough people know about this. And so it's this kind of combination of this is so fantastic and I'm so honoured and humbled to have helped your family, but I've, we've got to get the message out. We've got to help more and more families mm-hmm. because there's so much out there that we can be doing to set ourselves up and also set our children up to avoid some of the struggle that many of us have had. Yeah, that's amazing. That We definitely need to get the word out to more people to because college debt, I talked to so many people 30, 40, 50 years old who are still paying off their college debt. It's not something you can ever get out from under. And and that's so sad that these people have all this potential. And I think it's something like 70% of college graduates don't even work in their in the field of their degree. And it's so sad that they have this piece of paper that's not even it doesn't do them any good, but they're still paying for it 30, 40 years down the road. So definitely we need to get that word out to more people. It's super amazing work you're doing. Oh, thank you. And can just quickly, for those of you who do have college debt, I mean, you know, you can go bankrupt, you still have it. There is some good news. You can get that college debt renegotiated, right? So that is also something that we do help people with. Not can't necessarily help everybody, but some, but we have had um, clients who've had their college debt. I had a third taken off it just recently. I had another lady wow. who had a half just recently. So we're talking about an eighty-five thousand dollars college debt down to forty something thousand dollars. So just because you have it doesn't mean you have to accept it. There are mm-hmm. some options out there. So just educating yourself on that can save you tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And years of paying that debt. And then what are you going to do with that money that you've just freed up? <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. That. Oh, that's good news. <laughs> Is there anything that I should have asked you that we haven't covered already? Great question. Anything we haven't? Um, I think that the, the big thing is, Uh, that's coming to me is it really doesn't matter how old your children are. Like if if we come back to the original topic of how do I send my kid to college, Mm. you know, free maximize that amount of funding. And honestly, it's the earlier you start, the better. So we have grandparents taking out these, these be your own banking kind of products from, from newborn babies to five-year-olds. But also if your child is a teen, right, if they're 12, 13, 14, 15 and they're looking at getting into college, it's not too late. So I just want I want to give those parents some reassurance. Please don't procrastinate any longer. You know, meet with someone like myself or someone else, just anyone who's educated in this space that can truly help you because, you know, every day really does count. And people sometimes think, oh, well, you know, I was going to save 500 bucks this month towards college. I'll just do a thousand next month. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way because of the compound interest and growth that that $500 could have been earning every single day. It was in there for those 30 days before. Right. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking my child's too old or my child's too young, I don't need to worry about this. Honestly, the sooner you can get started, the absolute better. Awesome. That's great. So good to hear. And I need to set that up for myself as well. So (laughs) that's a good good reminder. Just before we go, I came across something on your Instagram. I was stalking you before we got on (laughs) chat. (laughs) And a, a quote that you put up there, 
said the activity you are avoiding the most contains your biggest opportunity. Absolutely. <laughs> I find that highly interesting and a little upsetting at the same time because it uh, because of the truth of it, <laughs> I guess. And it's uh, I guess it's it's one of those things that can hit you hit you right in the face. You know, you, you don't don't see it coming. But I really like that. What does that mean to you? And how do you build? How do how do you live your life with that in mind? Like, what what are some things that change for you having realized and recognized that quote? Yeah, I was. It, yeah, I've always actively moved towards. There's a book called Eat That Frog. I think Brian Tracy yeah. made out years ago and and I read that book and I realized that to achieve what you want to achieve it's really about first thing in the morning eating that frog which means digesting something that you'd really rather not do because what Mm. we tend to do is we might come into the office and we do all the things that don't cause any discomfort or challenge us or anything and then you know, six o'clock that after that evening. Oh, it's it's time to move into parent mode, right? And I don't have yep. time to handle that really difficult situation. So you know, I, and it, and I was doing some office cleaning with my husband, and he actually had that chicken scrawled on a bit of paper, and I saw it because I was actually guilty of that at that time. So even though I know it and I actively live that way, there's times where we need a reminder, right? We kind of might fall into a little bit of a pattern. So, you know, having a think about what is it I really don't feel like doing today and then realizing, you know what, that thing I really don't want to do is my biggest opportunity, so I'm going to do it right now. Yeah. And and, and being conscious of it. And and look, not only did I put it on Instagram, I literally put it on a post-it note and stuck it on. Awesome. Yeah. Because it is something we know, but we forget it, mm-hmm. right? And how that applies to today's conversation is parents quit yeah. putting off saving for your kids' college and dig well, into this to. this be your own banking the the infinite banking concept. Dig into that as a method of funding not only your kids' potential college route, but you know a uh, um, down payment on a home or starting their own business if if they decide not to go to college. There it sounds like there is unlimited ways that this can be utilized to create the life and career that your teens want to have. So Tanya, thank you so much for joining me today. Is there anything you'd like to leave before we end the conversation? I just uh, dovetail on what you said, you know, um, the biggest opportunity is with that, that you really don't want to deal with. And when it comes to finances, so many of us just want to put our head in the sand but that is the, your biggest opportunity to get your head out of your sand, head out of the sand for yourself, for your children, but also for yourself and for your family, and to live the Walt Disney dream. Right? To you were put on this earth for more than what you're currently doing. So when we when we realize that, when we take ownership of just how great we can be, and we have a look at opportunities to maximize that and what we can do, then we've been the ultimate role model to their kids. And that for me is also what it's about too. I want to I want my children to look at me and go, you know, mum didn't mum didn't quit or mum didn't do this. This is what mum did. And so, you know, being parents, we can walk the talk and then say to our kids, hey, that thing that you're trying to regret, that like there I is said at the beginning. Go and thank you so much for having me on your show. Go connect really with her, it. reach out, get her Let her help you create 
more freedom in your life by funding your college route, if that's the route you decide to go, by doing it debt-free. Definitely reach out to her. I'll drop all her links in the show notes. Do good work. <laughs>